0: Alright, well welcome to you that are here in house and welcome to our normal listeners. This is episode 300 and we had talked a long time and if you're watching online, you will notice that this is not the Princess Castle at Disney. And I repeat, We talked not. about
1: doing the 300th we episode did. in the Princess Castle at yeah. uh, Disney, but uh, for some reason our contacts didn't come through for us on that. Can you imagine that, Elro Edmund? I mean, wouldn't you have liked to, uh, to, uh, to have recorded that from there? I'm not convinced he was. I think no. he's happy here.
0: No. Well, anyway, we had... It's been, man, almost... What is it? Five years? Six years? Almost six. We do everything weekly. We haven't missed a week yet. And so it was... Uh, Ken suggested this week, why don't, we, why don't we do this right after we do the Q&A? Which, just like everyone else, there was a ton to learn today. And I think it was uh, really helpful to have that conversation. And even more so this morning, I... Really, really appreciated your message. And I wanted to ask you, we have a couple of questions that came in this morning online that I want to get to as well. And then I know Ken has a ton of questions. But when you said, you know, what do you do when the Lord makes you live with what you know he can fix? And then when you see him fix it for someone else, but not you, I think everyone in the room, it got real quiet. And I think everyone in the room immediately went to a place in their mind where they said, oh yeah, that was this instance. Or I totally remember when that happens. And whether we're a young Christian and we're just new in our walk with Jesus or whether, you know, we've been there for a long time, it's still frustrating. It's still a part that just really takes us to our core of what we believe and faith. (laughs) So I always like to ask, like, how do you get through that? It was your message and you're, you're telling us that and we all want to believe it, well, most of us do believe it, we might be doubting how do you get through those those spaces where you 're just like i don 't feel it, i don 't see it, and Lord, what are you doing?
2: well for, uh, well, first of all, um, Thank you. that that line is not original with me, um, so I want to give credit. <laughs> I, I actually heard a Baptist preacher uh, say that. Uh, and, you know, at, at, and um, as a traditional Adventist, I don't know if you're supposed to admit that you listen to any preaching <laughs> other than, than Adventism. But um, I, the reason why um, that resonated with me is, as you said, I think that's the human experience. I think we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, and the only way that you get it... It, the only way you, you get through it, and I'm not sure I get through it all the time either without struggling, but I think the only way you get it is you've got to have a relationship with God that says, you know, even though um, it doesn't seem like he's there, I know he's there. You know, yeah. so you got to have, you, you know, it all, all of this boils down to a relationship with God.
0: What does that look like for you? What's,
2: what's your relationship with God that when you get in that spot
0: you say... Oh yeah, I know he's here. Is that is that prayer? Is that your? I mean, you're walking five to ten miles a day. So I mean, are you listening to podcasts all day long? Is it music?
2: Are you are you talking to God during that time? It's it's a combination of those things, and I, I think it's um, I, I think it comes from a place having seen God do it before, and uh-huh. and, and it's kind of like that story in the in the Bible where he feeds to 5,000 and they say, you know, um, they say, in essence, what are we going to do? We out here, we don't have any, you know, we don't have any food. And so like in the next chapter, they're out there again and it's 4,000 and they have more, they have more bread. And they ask, they say the same thing. You know, what, what, what are we going to do? And I, I think... One of the reasons why the Lord allows us to get in those situations is so that he can, he can use those situations to teach us that he can get us out of those situations. That he can get us out of those. That's awesome. I like that.
0: And we have a, we had a question come in from um, one of our—oh, yeah, you can hold on to it—from one of our, our people that— ask questions all the time, and it's, her name is Trafina, and she said, God knows and sees His plan. How do we know or see
2: His plan for us? Well, one of, one of the things that I believe is that God does not have any trouble making His will clear to us. Okay. Uh, even, you know, now sometimes you got to you got to pray a little bit, you know, and you, 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 know, you got to dig for. It. But eventually, I, I mean, God doesn't God does not sit up in heaven when we're petitioning him and saying, God, what do we what do I do? God doesn't sit there and say, well, figure it out. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm busy right now. You know, um, he, he doesn't do that. The problem at least I, I've seen in my life and in the lives in the lives of people I've ministered to, isn't isn't it isn't that God doesn't reveal himself. It's that we don't always like the revelation. Mm-hmm. You know, he he, he 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 says this is the way. And I don't want to go that way. So, you know, and 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 and, and that's the challenge of of God of conversion, the reality is the closer that we get to God, the more he's going to say, you know, you need to change that. You need to fix that. You need to, you know, the, the, the closer, the closer we get to God, the more we see we need to change about ourselves and we don't always want to do that. And so then what, what happens is one of two, one of two things typically happens. We either figure out an excuse that sounds good to us that justifies Mm. Us rejecting the revelation that God has given us, or the devil always has somebody that will say, oh, No, "You really don't have to do that. That's not what you know. God doesn't. God really, you know, they don't take all that." And yeah. so, you know, I call them cheerleaders to hell, where 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 people, where, you know, where people where people say, "Yeah, go," you know. let hang on to that one,
1: Randy.
0: <laughs> I know that's got to yeah. come in sometime. So Shay asked us, and maybe this is a good follow up. Uh, can a break down? be a breakthrough? Can God use a breakdown where he just totally, like you said, he allows these things, he's allowing these situations to just kind of tear us apart, tear us down, and and can that be what makes us break through, so to speak?
2: I, I you know, I don't I'm hesitant to say that God uses that. What I will say is God uses what we make him use you know I, I I tend to think that God would rather I, I remember one time in my professional life i was I was really going through a, a a real crisis and I remember saying to God that while I recognized that the crisis he was building me in the crisis, it was a painful build and so I said, God, if you wanted us to be close, you could have just said that you know we, we didn 't <laughs> We didn't have to go. We, we do not have to go through <laughs> all of that. This. But I think God uses what we make Him use. And yeah. sometimes, rather than saving us the easy way, which I think God would rather do, He saves us the hard way. Because at the end of the day, what He wants is salvation, and so He'll use whatever we. And so, so it's possible that we will make Him use a breakdown, because that's what. That's, that's the only way he could get our attention.
0: I love that. You said that this morning. You said what he wants most, though, is to save your soul. And when we go through that, so many of us know that, but that still doesn't make it all of a sudden like, well, that, <laughs> good. That makes it cheery. That makes this impossible-seeming uh, life event, makes it better. And it, and it really doesn't until you spend more and more time. With My family was talking at lunch about the message and just like my wife said, the, the more time that I spend, the crazier the asks seem to be sometimes. And then I say, ooh, I don't – and so I totally misinterpreted what she said. <laughs> Big surprise, right? But she, she just went on to say that you know maybe I'm not confident enough in myself to do what I think you're asking me to do or this path that it's seemingly that you're taking me down and I still want to go. I think. So like, you know, put the toe in, see what happens. Okay. That wasn't so bad. But where do we find the confidence time and time? Because like you said, it just like every time you, you take on one of these struggles, it seems like there, there's a little bit more that might need to happen or the, the harder road. How do we prepare ourselves and build ourselves up every day that we continue to keep, you know, putting that toe in the water and maybe every once in a while just taking
2: an actual step? I think you. I think you hit on it when you said, "How do we do it every day?" Mm. You know, it, 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 it. A relationship with God is like a relationship with anybody else. It takes work. It takes time. Mm. You know, you got to invest in it. Um, and, and so, I, I, but I think that it, it, it that investment pays off. When I, I remember when I was going through what I was going through professional professionally, and it took. It took a lot of prayer. I I prayed more than I've ever prayed Mm -hmm. before. But one of the hard lessons I learned, and it actually ended up being a good thing, is I learned that anything that makes you pray is a good thing. There you go. So um, um, sometimes God allows stuff to make us pray because... Here's another another way of looking at it. I, I, I say that the reason why God allows drama... Is because he knows that drama allows us to be safe.
0: Mm.
2: Wow. And that seems to be, I I think that sounds about right, because it always
0: seems to be the drama that gets pushing us in that I I mean, think think about it for a minute. Think about it for a
2: minute. When I preached for um, Elder Wetmore in Kentucky, uh, not Kentucky, in Tennessee, I I talked about what I call get ugly prayers, where you you down on the ground agonizing with God and, 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 you know, you just look bad. You know, you you got your eyes are red and mucus is coming out. You just look bad. You look like what you're going through. Um, but... But as a parent, I've discovered two things about get ugly prayers. Number one, as a parent, they're inevitably about your children. And number two, get ugly prayers always, nobody's down, get ugly prayers are always about drama. Nobody gets down on the ground and says, oh God, I just got a raise. Nobody (laughs) does that. I might, maybe, but I think it'd be a little bit louder than other, you know. Yeah, those agonizing prayers come out of drama, you know, and and, and if it weren't for that drama, we wouldn't have those agonizing prayers.
0: That's awesome. I, I think anything that pushes us, like you said, back to prayer, back to daily, or just, for me, it's not always easy to just carve out prayer time, but it's easier If you're just having a conversation with God as a friend, just like you would talk, which is weird, honestly, to me. At first, you feel like, I mean, if someone hears me talking, they're going to think I'm crazy. But just talking out loud really does kind of make God feel like he's in the same room with you sometimes. And you just kind of forget that you're having this conversation, which is probably the weird part. Yeah,
1: I think that there's a a blessing to, to pain, right? Because a lot of times in my life, I'm not motivated to change until I hurt, um, oh. you know. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, with your teeth. If, you're, if, they're, if everything's feeling okay and you eat and you don't feel any pain, you're not, you're not probably not going to go see the dentist, but no. when you start feeling enough pain, you're, it's, it's time to go. And I think sometimes that God doesn't enjoy pain in our life, and I don't think he likes to see it, but I think oftentimes he'll use it to help us make the moves that we need
0: to be making. Absolutely. We have one more from the the morning, and this is this episode is going to be the questions episode, so I'm, I apologize for that. Usually we have a little more dialogue, but I think we have a ton of really good questions that came today, and I want to make sure that everyone gets uh, their question answered. And this was from Anonymous. This was from this morning, and they asked, If faith is given to us by God, how would it be possible to not have enough faith to allow God or the Holy Spirit to work? I think of the situation in the Ukraine, and I have a hard time believing the situation is happening because people didn't have enough faith to stop it, or a friend who died very young. How can it be that God was not able to save her because I didn't have enough
2: faith? Well, I don't think that's true. Okay. You know, um, now keep in mind that the Bible talks about the mystery of godliness, Mm -hmm. which means no matter how, that, and that's, that's the reason why faith, by the way, is so important, because the, 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 how God does, why God does what he does. And that's what I was trying to say in the sermon this morning. We can't always understand why he does what he does. And then God is even more limited by the fact that he has to speak to us in, in, in the language of men. Mm. So, so God is at a disadvantage. Number one, he, it's, it's, I have a six-year-old grandson, um, and and the, the grand, you know, Grant the grandparent club is the greatest club in the world. I tell people that grandparents are your, grandparents are the reward from being a parent for having uh, for, kids. For having kids. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yes. looking forward to. It. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's wonderful. But he's a sweet little boy, and uh, my my wife has been his babysitter up until he went off to school. And the good thing is he's obedient. So I say, Jaden, I need you to do X, and he he. Always does it. But even if I explained to him why I needed him, he wouldn't understand it. Yeah. You know? So I just need him to do it because he can't. And we can't explain. We 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 try we we try to make God explain himself to us. Where first of all, he doesn't have to because he's God and second of all even if he did we wouldn't get it and so you know so we say okay well why is if 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 the if 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 you're God why did my father die of cancer and all the kind you know and I understand that but first of all one An explanation from God wouldn't lessen the pain. Number two, an explanation from God would not always be totally understandable. Number three, he doesn't owe us an explanation. And lastly, number four, we're the ones that chose to die. That wasn't God's idea. That was our idea. So the how and the when are up to
0: God. Okay. Awesome. I like that. All right, and I'm just going to take – I have one question from your afternoon presentation. I didn't want to come up in case anyone else had questions uh, at the mic. But I was wondering if there would be any chance that the uh, the other conferences might take some fiscal tips from the rest of you all in the uh, other conferences as to how to be more fiscally – because it seems like you guys have like it all together and that you're operating on – the on less and doing a ton. You're having growth plus you're operating on less. So
1: Randy, let's, let's really quick. There are probably some people who are listening to the podcast right now who may oh, not that's true. have been with us so this weekend or point. even know. So let's uh, make yeah. sure that we, because I don't know if we even introduced Elder Edmund. I think
0: we just jumped right in because <laughs> we, 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 sure, we were so excited. We normally yeah. have a whole oh.
1: lead up, but but we were excited to get going, but just for those who may be listening right now, yeah. just a quick word of explanation so Elder Edmund is the executive director of the Office of Regional uh, Conference Ministries, and within the Seventh day Adventist Church, we have an organizational structure the churches are 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 the foundation of yeah. of our structure, and then those are organized into conferences. Conferences are organized into unions, unions are confer- uh, organized into divisions, divisions are organized into the general conference, which is oversees the entire world operations of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And so within um, the North American division, we um, actually have two different kinds of conferences. There's regional conferences, and then there are state conferences. And regional conferences cover, just as their name would suggest, a region, Um, and state conferences cover uh, generally states or parts of states. And so uh, regional conferences, however, were, um, as Elder Edmund explained in his presentation, um, back in, I believe, 1944, regional conferences were actually created by the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, specifically to create a place uh, for African Americans to be able to do ministry without, um, without some of the, the terrible things that white congregations were doing and white conferences were doing to African American and I don't know if I've just murdered all of that elder Edmund, but I just um, just I wanted to now, if you're listening if you're to listening, the podcast be- you just came in cold and you're like, whoa, what are we going? I just wanted to make sure you had yeah. something to As
0: soon as we change format and location, everything seems to go out the window in order and, and succession <laughs> of how we usually do things kinda of went out the window. But I just I just found it really interesting that you you know being in charge of your own resources has made a huge difference obviously and you know what if we at least all somehow benefited or the state conferences benefited in the same way from the fiscal structure that y'all are using to to grow at the rate that you're growing and still have that fiscal uh, tightness that makes you operate so lean and so well
2: well i would be the last if if Especially when I was a conference president, I'm, I'm sure that there are people who didn't, who would disagree that we had it all together, and that that <laughs> that you know we were like these fiscal mag- magicians. That's not true. The reality is there are things that state conferences do well too. Sure. sure. Uh, and, uh, and, and 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 what what I would want is uh, for us to recognize and respect the mission and the ministry that we both have. And, both learn, from the, and both learn from each other. From, from each yeah, other. Yeah, so yeah. not
0: necessarily... So you're, what you're saying, too, is we could really learn in both sides Absolutely. what this per, what this t- uh, team is doing well, what this team is doing well, and learn and implement those best practices yes. across both. And then that even makes less of a case of why we would need to integrate because we're both doing things differently and we're learning, and this is a pretty cool melting pot to figure it out.
2: Yeah. and And, you know, the... We there is integration. I mean, your, your church is integrated. OK, so there is integration. Um, the, the, the problem is that integration only goes one way. So I, I don't want I don't, to I don't want us to want to. And, and not only that, I, the other thing is black regional conferences don't just contain black people. You know, they contain they can they actually contain a few white people and they they um, one of the things that we're doing in the building that we're building is we're going to put a flag for every nation that's represented in regional conferences. I expect that to be yeah. about 100 you know, about 100 nations or so. So there, it, there's just a different kind of diversity. What, what I'm saying is I'm just like, I respect what you do. I need you to respect what, what, what I do. Absolutely. Yeah, that came through loud and clear.
1: And that seems fair, doesn't it?
0: It does seem fair. <laughs> and it seems like something we, we should just continue to do that way.
1: So, Randy, I got a, Go a for question yep. that came from online, and I think that we probably didn't explain to our online viewers what's happening right now, too. Hey, <laughs> if, you're, if you're watching right now, you're watching This Is Whole Life, our podcast. <laughs> <No trust. laughs> We're actually recording it right now. We normally record it on Tuesdays, but because of Elder Edmund's schedule, we wanted him to be on the podcast because it's always a, a dialogue and a deeper dive into the message that was preached on, on Sabbath. And so we wanted him to be here. We normally t- do it on Tuesdays, so we're doing it this afternoon. So if you're watching online, you're actually watching This Is Whole Life, the podcast <laughs> that will be actually released on Wednesday of this yeah, week. That's true. Right? So it will be released on Wednesday. You can get it wherever all fine podcasts are found, and it is called This Is Whole Life. So that's what and you're watching.
0: And I was watching. told today in the hallway that ours was one of the finest, so I'm going to go with it. I, I don't,
1: yeah. It, you have to go with what people tell you so <laughs> sometimes. Um, let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and go to another question that we had. Um, uh, this uh, this person asked, "Why isn't the regional conference office represented at the general conference?"
2: Well, first of all, let, let me uh, let me use the podcast as an example of things we can learn from each other. I'm learning from, from watching this. This is something that we've talked in our office about doing. And so I'm I'm glad to be. I'm um, thank you for inviting me uh, to see how how this is, this is done because this is an example uh, of of you know of what we do. I I kind wish I could stay over to Tuesday, given the fact it's it was 50 degrees warmer when I landed <laughs> than when I took off. So. so. <laughs> Yes. Our yes. 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 So, so I, yes. if you had told me we'll take this thing on Tuesday, maybe I would have stayed over oh, until Tuesday to be uh, to, to, uh, to be here. And I said that and I actually forgot the question. So tell me the question again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to know whether why uh, general why the regional conferences aren't represented at the general conference.
2: This this would be more of a division, a North American division kind of thing. So this office relates to the North, to the North American division. So it's not it's, it. Would, it's, it would not fall under the general. Context. So
1: does your does the your office actually have representation of the North American Division?
2: What we do is by policy the the North Ameri- We just we just met with the North American Division officers at our officers meeting. So by policy, um, they meet with the regional conference leaders twice a year. By policy, a certain percent a certain percentage of the GC delegation to. Uh, on the nominating committee is made up of people from regional conferences. So our relationship is directly with the NAD.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Um, Another question for you. Um, Given the experience of African-Americans in the Adventist church and the debt that many other marginalized and minority uh, in advancing civil rights, what role, if any, does the regional conference bring to other marginal groups as they struggle for understanding and standing in the church?
2: Well, I I think I can give you two groups that I, that I consider marginalized. First of all, females. Um, uh, I think region, regional conferences are a strong supporter of females in ministry. Um, across the board, there was support for women's ordination and that continues to be the case. As a matter of fact, there are three of our conferences that have already ordained females um, and the, the others have not done so, not because they don't agree, but because their preference is to move with the organization. So uh, I think there's, there's. In fact, I'm, I'm, am I'm, 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 imagine, I'm imagining. I'm meeting with um, uh, some, some of your folks, uh, some of your females uh, after this podcast. So we've given strong support. We've also. Um, um, Opened our doors. I shouldn't say opened our doors, but we consider um, our Latino brothers part of the that marginalized group, and and they have they have found a home. I think the next frontier for us is to move them from membership to leadership. By that I mean they. I have a I have a when I was a president, I had a Latino ministries coordinator who obviously is Latino, and who basically was the leader of the Latino work. I think the next step is, and we actually we actually called a Latino to be a part of our administration. We called a Latino to be, a, be a, our treasurer. He, he just turned us down. Uh, but I think the next step is to make sure that we've gone from membership to including them in leadership as well. And that, that also includes our, our, our female um, now, the good news on the female side is the majority of our treasurers are female. So they have been in, incorporated on the financial side. The next step, though, is, is administration. I would love to see an African-American conference uh, secretary yeah. uh, or even, a you know, by policy. Uh, you can't have a, a you're not supposed to. It's hard to have a president. Um, because by policy they're supposed to be ordained, and only three of the nine regional conferences or have ordained them. so that would be hard and the other thing, even though my, even though the, the our female sisters kind of bang on the table, the reality is we've just over it 's been just most of us the last seven, eight years where we've begun hiring females, so there's not a whole lot of females that have the experience to be um, administrators yet. But we want to. I, I brought a young lady into my office with the idea of putting putting her in administration one day.
1: Can I push back a little bit on on the last comment you made, and and not and, and hopefully it'll be received as it, it's as, as it intended. But I think that for some of the, um, I think for some of my um, female sisters, when they hear it's something said, well, you know, you haven't been in ministry long enough to have the experience to be an administrator, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was one of the same kind of arguments that was used to keep African-Americans out of leadership positions is that they would say, well, you don't, you don't have the time of service or you haven't done. Am I, am I incorrect on that? Or is, am I, am I mixing my apples and my oranges up here?
2: You may not be. Um, And I want to make it clear. I think that Uh, One of the reasons why I brought a uh, young lady into my office is I think we have to intentionally accelerate. the. I I didn't become an administrator until, you know, in other words, the normal path that everybody else takes. um, We don't want to require females to do that. We want to accelerate that learning curve. And as I said, that's the reason why I brought a young lady to my office. It's the, but we can't pretend that that, Learning curve isn't there, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we got to find a balance between, on the one hand, saying no, it's not there, and then on the other hand, using that as an excuse yeah. for you no, know, you can you can accelerate the curve, but you got to admit that it's there.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that, and we, we definitely take it as your personal what you're sharing with us versus a versus a, a statement for the entire uh, regional conferences. But uh, thank you for sharing that. And we um, have a
0: question right here in yeah. house. Go ahead, yeah. Go on in. Yep. Hi. Um, so, I just had a question. If you could maybe elaborate a little more on the um, the structure of tithes and offerings as it
1: um, occurs in a, in a regional church, like say um, uh, Mount Sinai. Someone goes there and they give money. Does it go?
2: You know, how does that work? And yeah. That's okay. All. <laughs> All the, the, what we reminded Elder Wilson when we met with him was African-Americans, particularly African-Americans in regional conferences, and I, I would imagine African-Americans weren't a part of regional conferences, but I could only speak for African-Americans in the regional conferences are very traditional. I, I said to Elder Wilson, I've said it to him more than once, the, Advent, the African-American Adventists have been very loyal to a church that has not always been loyal to them. So African-American regional conferences operate the same way uh, in terms of their obligations to the higher body, even though it is a disadvantage to us. Uh, For example, about, give or take, 25% of all Thai leaves, all right? Um, but, But what that means is the 25% i'll give um, i'll give an example uh south atlantic and georgia cumberland they opera, occupy roughly the same space all right but uh south atlantic uh, i'm sorry georgia cumberland has double the tithe, which means that when, south, when 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 georgia cumberland sends out they're 25% to the division and the union and all that kind of stuff. They have more money left over than South Atlantic had when, before the treasurer writes their first check. So we support the organization, even though it is detrimental. Now, we've had people say, no, "No, no, no, you since since you have half the you have roughly half the per capita income, you ought to you ought to just demand that the organization take less than it takes from stake." We said, "We said no. We have obligation to to fund the mission of the church, just like everybody else, even though." it will leave us with less resources imagine imagine what i said when, when, when georgia cumberland sends off their 25% they still have more money than south atlantic had before they write their first check and they still have to do they still have teachers to pay and schools to run and ministers to pay so we 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 support the organizational structure even though there's there's a fiscal disadvantage, but the Lord has blessed. That's awesome.
0: You have a question?
1: Uh, I have a couple more, I think, here from people that have uh, um, asked. So let me make sure I get them. So um, another person just wrote, our church structure actually serves better than we think. It's not supposed to be run like a secular business where the focus is on money-making. So that was another comment that was sent in. Um,
2: and I, I totally agree with that. But here's the thing. the, the, the Churches have to run with, a com, with an eye towards both ministry and business. You can't run it strictly like a business. But if you don't do enough business, then you can't do ministry. <laughs> you know, um, all the Florida conference, South Atlantic, whatever conference it is, you got to spend less than you take in. And that does require some business principles. And and that can never be lost.
1: Yeah, good point. Um, Somebody uh, also wrote and said, what would you say to people that say, yes, regional conferences are growing fast, but they're only getting people from one demographic?
2: I, I would say that that's not completely true. It's more true than I'd like it to be. Um, But the truth of the matter is most of us struggle reaching people, middle class and above, you know. Um, Now, we still are, I still think we do better at reaching middle class people than the rest of the division does. But everybody struggles with that. The reality is whether inside the church or out, we don't do well when we do well. Uh, and by that I mean the 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 more of this goods this world's goods we have, the less attractive heaven becomes so that 's not just a regional conference problem that 's a problem for everybody and it's a problem that I think regional conferences have less of than most other people
0: yeah i mean does it matter where i mean as long as people are finding jesus it's, that's that's the end goal in whatever demographic we 're talking about I,
1: Yes, I guess that was kind of one of the things that I was thinking as I was thinking about that question is, so you're reaching one demographic. Yeah. Good. I think there's all. I mean, we all, have,
2: we all have our strengths I and mean, where we're going to reach. Well, and, and, and you know, I don't think that that, um, I don't think that the person who wrote that meant, meant to be offensive. But it could be offensive if it assumes that the only people that regional conferences are reaching are poor people. And that's not true.
1: Well, there, there's a there's, lot of rich conversation here, isn't there?
0: There's a ton, and the one thing that we've learned at Whole Life is Ken never overhypes. So, if I Ken, don't. It, no, it's true. If Ken says, if Ken says, you guys are going to be so excited, you know, you don't know this person, you don't know anything about them, but you're going to love it, and I promise you're going to love it. And every time that happens, uh, he actually overdelivers. And so it's been awesome to have you here all day. My family was blessed. We spent our entire lunchtime uh, talking about the message and how much we enjoyed it and the implications. And when you said, what's in you will not change God's plan for you, you just got to trust me. And that uh, that was just something I thought was so easy to remember so easy to just keep on the tip of your tongue in such a great way. If, if only we started every morning with that belief as foremost in our head, I think a lot of the other things that we find ourselves struggling with or walls that we find ourselves behind that we think we can't go through. After today's message, it was one of those where you just feel like you can plow through a brick wall and come out the other side looking pretty good. So I just want to say we just Thoroughly, I think everyone, I speak for everyone, we say we thoroughly enjoyed the message and having you here and the education that we all got this afternoon in a subject that most of us think we know about because we've heard bits and pieces. Did you learn anything? I learned a ton, to be honest. Um, and I think that overall, when you see your message, there's, there's a commonality uh, and a point that you're coming from in each instance. And whether you agree with, like you said, every last point or not, the idea that Everything can just be copacetic because somebody wants it that way, doesn't mean that's the best answer for everyone or anyone. And so I think what I heard also is that there's opportunities to work together, there's opportunities to learn. And I think we do that as a multicultural church. We learn from each other, and that's only made all of us better. So I hope that, you know, in some way, as you continue to move on, and it goes quicker than we think, and we find ourselves with more alike than different. Like that would be that would be
2: awesome. Well, it's certainly been a learning experience for me too. I'm watching the clock. Uh, and, <laughs> and The and clock I, is still there. And I think you know, <laughs> six hundred and seven minutes over time. Yeah, we're I, in I, trouble. <laughs> no, I just you know, it's something that 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 I that I could learn from. You know, um, I, if, if I were going if I were conference president again at camp meeting, there would be a clock. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I mean, I, and the podcast. I think if we take time to, for each other, we can, we, we, there's a lot we can learn from each other. And so this has been just a wonderful privilege for me. Um, we
1: certainly appreciate you being here. And yeah. I appreciate you taking the time out to, to come in and, and share with us. And I think uh, I can only imagine, I would feel a little bit vulnerable in your shoes coming in and sharing a topic and not being sure, you know, whether tough. people know your heart or not and know how they're going to take it. And so I really appreciate you being vulnerable and, and coming and sharing us a a difficult topic, but one that we we need to think about and talk about?
2: Well, actually, I was less uncomfortable because I know you. And uh, um, how I expected the majority of your members to relate to that came from my experience with you. It starts with the person at the top. And so I want to thank you for setting the the tone for saying, okay, this is a discussion we need to have. Well,
0: and if you're just listening to the podcast, you weren't in-house or you didn't get to see it online, please don't miss the message. As always, live. You can go back there, watch the message, and watch both services. If you get there early enough before we archive and all that kind of stuff, you can actually watch the whole thing. So you can catch both because there was a few differences in between, I noticed, uh, but good ones. My, my daughter said, oh, first service, he just killed it. Second service, it wasn't quite as good. So it wasn't, wasn't quite as good. So she was super honest, but she
2: was uh, – uh,
1: but you know. and I bet you liked your Second service one better than your first service. I Am I did, right? I Am did. I right? Oh
2: my! Yeah, I did. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious?
1: As pastors, we hear this all. I will have somebody come and be like, "Oh my word, you did so, <laughs> so good during yeah. first service and second yeah, service." Was and okay, I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I love my my second service. One was the one I took I everything I from first yeah. and
0: I made it better for second. <laughs> no, but but seriously, both both were great, and we appreciated having you. So I would encourage anyone just listening, please do go and make sure that you catch that message, and then uh, share this with both the video and this afternoon's program, please do share it with your circles, especially for people that might be wondering or that just, you know, I think they, like the rest of us, thought they had a little bit of knowledge. Uh, there was a lot that a lot that I didn't know, and I saw a lot of heads shaking as he made a point about, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. So please do catch those, and we'll be back next week. As always, we won't miss, and it'll be 3.01. And if you have any questions, continue to send them in. and we'll, uh, Maybe we can text uh, – elder Edmonds if we need to get his input and in, we'll uh, if we missed any or if you have any left we'll make sure to get him so that'll do it for this week and have a great week everyone